was demonstrating how to use the water slide and I like went to do it and just thought some people can really get bogged down with trying to make it perfect and it's like it's not your fault this is a brilliant idea i don't know i've never even come across this before the look does matter or like i'll have random people just someone sent me some harry potter post-it notes and she's like <laughs> i'm just what's your address i need to send you these on today's episode of the engaging marketeer i am speaking to laura burnett of it moon who is a self-confessed geek. She is a tech geek who masters software in a matter of minutes, and she is a funnel builder and email marketer. But she's also a massive Harry Potter fan. Now, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, so I'm gonna have to blag this one, but I have been to Harry Potter World, and I have been to Universal Studios, and I've got to admit, the Harry Potter ride at Universal Studios is one of the best rides I've ever been on. So I think I'm going to be okay with this one. So let's find out from Laura how she does what she does and what advice she's got on building landing pages, funnels, and email marketing. Um, among your, your, your main skills that you have, I believe one of the things you talk about a lot is funnel building. Yes, that is correct. I didn't mean to do it. It kind of happened by accident and just where... The all the best things the do. Went. <laughs> all the best things do happen by accident. They do. I was literally just in a meeting with my team, and we was looking at. We like track everything by different groups. So, like, we did social media, we do SEO, we do tech, we do funnels, we do all the different mm. stuff. We like track it by category, and it was like social media was twenty percent of our business in January, mm. and now it's five percent because funnels have taken over. It's oh. <laughs> just totally taken over everything. So when when you say funnels, are you building funnels for clients? Yep. So we tend to build them um, from very simple, like funnels, three-step kind of funnels. We'll build the landing page. We'll build the lead magnet, no matter what it is. If it's a quiz, if it's a course, if it's an ebook, whatever that lead magnet could potentially be, even evergreen webinars, all that kind of fancy stuff, all the way to connecting it to email marketing, writing the emails, getting the upsells done and then like tracking the progress as well and seeing is it actually being successful and hitting the conversion rates you'd expect and all which that is, kind of stuff. Which is the important thing, which is the important thing. Is it actually getting leads in, into a business? Exactly, yes. So let, let's let's look at the actual funnels themselves. What, what software are you using typically or do you use a range of different bits of software for it? I use a range of software. Um, I obviously have my favourites. I am someone... I call myself a natural tech geek. So if you ever get an email from me, one of my like first emails, I tell people straight, I am a natural tech geek. And that means usually like when you get a tech geek, they're very specialized in one piece of software. And that's nothing wrong to them. It's just they're specialized mm. in one piece of software and like take a jab it. I mean, if you ask them to go off and use something totally different, it's like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> um, sorry, I can't do that. Whereas me, you can give me a software and I've never ever used it, never even heard of it. And within 10 minutes, I'll probably be an expert and know more than anybody else knows. Just don't know how it works. It's just how my brain works. That is unusual. It is. So I will totally own the skill set there and be like, that's it. So it's what benefits me a lot, to be fair, and what my clients, I've literally just been talking to a client this morning. She's like, you are like a walking encyclopedia. And I'm like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like it. I don't know why. And it so is. It's, so it's all the software is different and it's all about what's right for the client. Every, I'd love to be able to just say, use this one software, mm. but it's not. Everybody's needs are different and not just as in what software they need, but what they can afford. 
not everyone can afford your click funnels and your kajabis and things. Um, so it is about what you can afford. So I always recommend for email marketing, MailerLite as a starting point. Okay. So it's free. Free software, create landing pages, create email automations. Job done. Whereas the most powerful email marketing system is actually Active Campaign. I don't know if you've heard of that one. We we use that ourselves, yeah. Yeah. And that's the most powerful one. It's like phenomenal what it can actually achieve. Until you start using things like Kajabi, you start thinking, oh, my God, Active Campaign really makes things easier. <laughs> it's a costly, but it's a lot easier to set things up. So we personally love it. Um, but, yeah, it all depends on person to person. So yeah, what about um, a number of people I've talked to this about and they sort of recoil in horror? What about Infusionsoft or Keep? I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. it. I've been in it. Um, obviously, it had the name a while ago of Confusion Soft. So yes. I think they renamed to Keep to try and get away from that, maybe. Um, but I do find it still very confusing for people. Like we will, we do use it for a couple of clients. Um, we use it for them, and I just think it's so behind with the times and where mm. things are moving forward. They just seem to still be stuck in Confusion Soft world. I love that. So you as a self a self-proclaimed geek, a tech geek, even you, infusion stuff, no. Honestly, I think it took me maybe it took me 15 minutes instead of 10 minutes to become an expert. I it was like, <laughs> oh my goodness me. What is happening in here? I was like, why is this here? Why can't you just make things simple to find? And mm. it's like if you just want to find an open rate, you must have to go through about five different pages to get there. It's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, we it, like it, simple. It, it is awful. Yeah, it was active campaigns very intuitive? It is, yeah, very good. And they've got a good feature in active campaign called goals, hmm. which just makes things so much easier. I could literally go on, hover over a little button, and it'll tell me what my conversion rate is for that whole funnel just with by hovering over it. Hmm. And that's all because of the goals feature that it has. Yeah. So when when you're when you're taking on a funnel for a for a client or, or for yourselves, what, what's the first thing that you, you look at before you start building something? It all I have to get all the pieces together. It's like a jigsaw. So like I've just been talking to a client now. She wants us to get a lead magnet out into the world. So it's like, right, okay, what's the end goal first? What do you want them to do? Because hmm. um, a lot of people will be like, I don't know. But it's like, <laughs> well, we need to know this first. Yeah. You know, what do you want people to do? Because that lead magnet, have to take them on that journey and be like, right, I want to take this next step. And also if the next step is book a call, don't just put a phone number. Use mm -hmm. Calendly, Tidy Cal, Acuity software, use all that kind of stuff. Because if you just want a number, no one's going to do it. No. So we need to make it nice and simple. But then once you know what your end goal is, make that end goal automated. So like we said, just not a mobile number. Again, if it's buying something, get a checkout system. Make it so that you click a button and you buy. Mm. And then it's how can we make them emails get into that journey? So we look at things like the pain points, what's the transformation, and things like that. And then we look at the lead magnet. You know, that's the last thing. And it's got to be insane value. Like, how many ebooks are there in the world? <laughs> Just a few. Just a few isn't there. Like, there must be like, how many times do you get things like seven top tips? That should be a blog. Mm. That should not be an ebook. Yeah. 
Whereas if you're giving away a three mini course, you're giving away a master class, or you're giving away a really top notch secret ebook that's got some really good information in it, that's insane value. Mm. Whereas if you're just giving away six top tips to get to your next coaching client or something like that, just make that into a blog. Yeah. Because no one's going to get it. So when, when when you're putting together a lead magnet, then let's, let's talk about that. Because you're right, I see a lot of people in businesses, they throw together a lead magnet, they put a lot of effort into creating the content for it, but it's dull. Yeah. It's boringly titled, it's boring to look at, and nobody downloads it, and they think that this this digital marketing thing, it just doesn't work. What What tips would you have for creating a lead magnet that people are going to want? The number one rule is always, it's got to be in same value. And I always have a way to judge that is, would you charge someone at least £7 for it? And if you wouldn't, it's rubbish. Right. Put it in the bin, start again. So it's like one of my most famous ones was a course I did. Um, It was 20 minutes long and it taught people how to use Trello to create a social media planning board. It was free videos, super duper simple. I would happily charge 30 quid for it easily just because of how much success people have had from it. And every time I put that out for free, it goes insane and I get hundreds of people sign up. So I've literally just put it out free in the last seven days for um, a collaboration I was doing. And we had 500 email subscribers in them seven days. Wow. And it's just because it is insane value. It's something I would charge for people and some people do. So it's like make it a no-brainer thing. So when, when you, you say you put that out, how did you put that out? How did you get 500 people come to that? So it's very, you might have seen them. So we talk about collaboration a lot. So, and it's where like a few business owners, so I say a few, we're 48 of us. That's more we than a like, few. That's, yeah, that's, that's, we that's joined decent. forces <laughs> and we all started promoting a bundle together. So we all sent two emails out to our email list to promote a bundle. People sign up for a bundle and they don't get everything from 48 business owners. They pick and choose what they want. Right. So they can say, right, I want this. Um, I want that. And it's all, the aim was you must offer something that you would charge for. Hmm. So it has to be something like that. So there were loads of 48 different things people could choose from. And if they chose your thing, they joined your email list. So we basically just did that. But because it was 48 business owners doing it, you've got absolute list of thousands. So you get a lot of signups to it. So it works really well. I've never heard of anything like that before. Is that something? Have you that... never? No. Have you guys put that together? Um, I didn't. It was someone else who put this one together. So I just always keep an eye out for them. Um, Christmas time is really popular for them. Hmm. Um, a lot of people do like an advent calendar. So every day you get something different from a different yeah. business owner. But it works really well. So like I think there were 3,000 people who signed up right. to the whole thing. But only the person who organized it gets all 3,000. And obviously, we got five hundred out of it, so we're pretty happy at that. So, so how does that work? What, what, what's what's the mechanism for that? It's very simple, really. So, it's just a landing page. People fill in the form that goes into that pool of three thousand. Right. Redirects them to another landing page, which has like forty-eight products listed, and each one will have its own button that takes it to 
it has to be like a checkout page or something where they can basically access that product. So they for me it was Thrivecart. So they'd fill in a Thrivecart checkout using a discount code. So it showed it used to be 27 quid. You're getting it for zero. And then obviously they just joined my list through Thrivecart. So people operate their own checkout system. So you as the person running it doesn't have to do that. I see. Right. I get it. I get it. So, But some people do do it where you would get all them 3,000 emails. But I'm glad the person didn't do that because I'm all about quality. Yeah. Not the quantity. Yeah, because so, otherwise you'd get people on your list who weren't interested in what you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was, I really enjoyed how she did it because it was like you only got the people who were interested in your stuff. This is a brilliant idea. I don't know why I've never even come across this before. It's honestly, it's absolutely amazing. And I think it will become more popular over the next couple of months, I think. I think we'll see more of it. Yeah. So the, That's the, my marketing prediction. The, well, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't deny it. So 48 businesses, obviously your digital marketing, were they all – were there others in digital marketing or were they all different types of – yeah, there was some in digital marketing. It had to be something that would help business owners. So it had to be something that helps service-based business owners in this particular niche. Right. So you do get some that are focused on certain stuff. Okay. On the initial landing page, I, I presume that was a click funnel. Um, no, it wasn't a click funnel one. Um, it was just literally a normal landing page built on a WordPress website with right. form for people to sign up to. So they put their details in the form. They then go through to the page. There's 48 different buttons, and presumably they could do all 48 if they wanted. Yeah, but I bet a few people did. Hmm. <laughs> they can go through all 48. Um, the person ran it really well. She even had like a Google Drive, which has social media graphics in, social media swipe copy, email swipe copy, so that if you wanted to go down the total lazy route, you could just copy and paste the email into your system and send it out to promote the bundle. So it was all set up really smoothly and perfectly. And it just meant then no one had excuse. And the person was really organised at the beginning. So I think she had more than 48 people apply to obviously be part of the bundle. Hmm. But she actually took the time to check every person's system to make sure it was smooth sailing and it was a good product at the end of it. I make sure that. it was quality. I love that. I'm going to look into more of that now that you've told me about it. It is really good. A fantastic um, idea. And I saw one last year, and I know my client did really well off it. I think she got like a 1,000 new email subscribers. But that was one of them where you did get every email that signed up. Hmm. But I prefer these ones where you just get ones interested in your thing. Hmm. And that can obviously, if you've got an email list and you've only got 100 people and you manage to get into one of these collaborations, if you manage to get 500 emails, that's like a huge boost to your email list. And if you've yeah. got the basics set up in your email list, like, of course, I do, because otherwise I teach email marketing, it'd be very wrong. It's really good. So I have a welcome sequence. So when people are brand new to my world, they get some emails. And there's one where there's a gif of me, like, celebrating and cheering <laughs> because that's just the personality that I am. Yeah. And I want to get that across. So they get four emails just finding out about who I am, what the hell IT moon are, what our team are about, a bit of fun in there as well. No sales pitch whatsoever. And the amount of pit responses I'd add from them 500 people as well. So I must have had about 50 email replies out of them 500 where they've got my welcome sequence and they're like, I can't wait to see your content. I can't wait to get more <laughs> emails from you. And it's like, that's it now. I've set up the life because I've got the welcome sequence from me, the setup, ready to go. And we've already got two new clients from them 500. Wow. So that's, I haven't even sold to anybody yet. 
I was very naughty as a funnel person and did it. I forgot about this collaboration date. And then one day I just logged on my computer and went, oh, my God, where are all these signups come from? And then I was like, oh, no, I forgot to set all the emails up. <laughs> so I was like very delayed in getting everything set up. But we managed to boss it through, get it all set up. And then obviously it's been smooth sailing since. Hmm. I love that. I love that. that, that I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be doing that now. I, I, love every, every, I love everything about what you just said there. Um, in terms of the, the emails that go out, one of the most difficult things is obviously improving your open rate and getting people to actually yeah. open the emails in the first instance. Um, have you got any advice or tips you would use on getting people to open emails, improving the open rate, maybe subject lines? Yeah, and it text? is, we call it the A strategy, just because we have to give it a fancy name, don't you, in business? It's you just, have to, yeah. yeah. You just have to it. give it this yeah. fancy name, which obviously is a trap, so you attract people in through the lead magnet. Hmm. And then you've got the bit that a lot of people miss is the C, which is connect. So for most people, how it will work is they'll send the lead magnet out, then people will get an email saying, yeah, here's the thing. And then an hour later or a day later, buy this thing from me. <laughs> and we just dive straight for sale. And then more than likely, 50% of people will just totally forget about them now. And in a year's time, they might do something with their email list. But otherwise, that person's just going to sit there. And some people might send regular emails. So they'll start getting regular emails. And it's introducing something like the welcome sequence, we call it where it just it's not so we'll still get these emails trying to sell them you know that's the point of a funnel to sell them to take mm. to the next step so they'll still get my funnel they'll still get all the emails associated with the course but in addition to that if they're brand new to my world they're going to get that welcome sequence and it just builds that no like trust factor of like why should i open your emails and even care about what you have to say mm. like what makes you different to other people? And because if you send that welcome sequence out, you've trained people to start opening your emails. And we always send them out. So at the end, it says email one of four. So they know they're getting four emails. Okay. it's interesting. So they know they're getting these four emails. And we tell them straight away, I'm not selling you anything in these four emails. I'm just telling you about me. That's it. And it is. It just tells them about me. It makes them get ready to open they're already trained to see how it appears in the inbox. It says Laura, Align, IT Moon. They know that familiar look of that email. So that when they start getting my weekly emails, they'll actually start opening them. So they're already trained. So it's personalised. It's from Laura, IT Moon. It's not from yeah. the company, IT Moon. It's no, so I'd always say put a name in. And um, you've got to think about what would people know you as well. So Laura, everyone knows me as Laura, IT Moon. I don't think many people know me as Laura Burnett. I'm just Laura, the tech geek, or Laura, IT Moon. It's something like that. So I never put Laura Burnett. And if I just put Laura, there must be about a million Lauras in the world. So obviously it could be anyone. So we go with a combo of company name and the first name. Hmm. And it's just finding out what your audience wants. But then also it is about not forgetting about them and sending them them regular emails. So we send a weekly email out every Tuesday. No sales. We, we do not do sales emails on ours. The only time we get sales emails are when we're in a funnel or we're doing a special offer or a launch. So every Tuesday, they just get advice or a story about, I've just been to the beach and then I bought an ice cream, but the person's technology went down and kind of relate in real life to what I kind of teach and stuff like that. Hmm. And it's amazing because even though you don't sell in the emails, we have something called quick links at the bottom. 
So it's like three links, just at the bottom of an email, and it takes people off to go to the things that we can buy. So hours, I think hours at the minute is book a power hour, business audit, and lead magnet magic. And it's amazing how many sales you make just from that. So you've just been talking normal, no sales, but at the bottom of the email, they liked your email, they liked your advice, so they want to click off and find out how they can buy from you as well. Hmm. So like we've got one client who he's made 18 grand this year so far just from his weekly emails that don't sell anything. They just give advice and nothing else. And if you send them weekly, you've just kind of trained your audience to open the emails. Hmm. But if you've done one of the things that 50% of people do and you get all their emails and then never email them again until you want to sell something, (laughs) then you're just going to have a terrible open rate. It's people are not going to open. They don't want to know you. They probably forgot who you are. Yeah. It's like that with relationships, isn't it? If you don't phone a friend for four months and then suddenly you phone them up because you want something, they're going to know, oh, yeah, Yeah. she wants something again. And you've got to show you're not just there for the sale. You're there Mm. there to help out and... And it is about changing it. We're all in business to make money. You know, we all have a business goal that we want, and it's probably money-related. But you've got to show up and be you as well and just be genuine and actually want to help people and not just be there just to get the money. Hmm. It, a lot of what you're saying then is about being you and about personality. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because this, this sort of crops up on LinkedIn all the time. Yes. Where you get the, the LinkedIn police... Yep. <laughs> who say things like, don't be posting pictures of your kids on LinkedIn, don't be posting pictures yep. of your holidays, this isn't Facebook. What's your, I think I can imagine, what's your take on that? Oh, I'm I'm full on me. So if anyone ever goes to my LinkedIn, um, I always remember I, I spoke to a new client the other week and she went, oh, I loved your video the other day where you was on the, you went to do, a, I went, I did a video where I was outside the garden with my kids and there was a water slide and I was demonstrating how to use a water slide and I like went to do it and just flopped and didn't move. <laughs> uh, so I just put it on LinkedIn. I was like, there you go. It's like your business. I, I changed it to in a business story. It's like your business. You think it's going to go amazing. You're ready to launch. You go and then nothing. You just didn't move. And I went on a call with your client. She went, oh, I love that video. It mm. made me laugh. And it was like, I just was showing up as me. And I always will. I don't care if I'm embarrassing. I don't care if people hate it. I love it, whichever, take it how you want, but you're only ever going to get me because it's easy being me. Whereas mm. I'm trying to be someone else, it's just going to be forced and I'm not going to enjoy it and then I'm not going to do my marketing so I'll not enjoy it. And at the end of the day, you want to work with people who like you for you and not. Mm. It's the same with friendships and stuff, isn't it, like relationships. You only want people who want you for who you are. You shouldn't mm. have to change who you are. And it might be that you're not that person who goes down water slides. You might be that person who sits in the corner nice and quiet and reads a book. You know, talk about that and share yourself. You don't have to be an outgoing person to have a personality. Hmm. It's whatever your personality is, just be that person. Because you can see in emails, you can always tell when an email is from a template. It's like, yep, that does not sound like that person whatsoever. Hmm. <laughs> or it sounds like AI because they've obviously written on chat GPT instead. So it's like, you know, just be you and show up as you. Hmm. No, I love that because it, even in networking, any type of business, there's some people who think they should keep themselves to themselves, keep their private life separate. Yeah. But if, if you are if you are yourself, you'll attract the kind of people who naturally like you. 
and it makes working with clients easier because yeah. they're working with you because they get on with you. If you hide stuff and you try not to have any personality, you could end up working with people who, quite frankly, you don't like and don't get on with, and it makes it more difficult. Exactly. And it could be like if you are a person who is very professional, you know, you want to keep things professional, but be that person on LinkedIn, so then you attract for people like that because more than likely you ain't like working with a person maybe like me who is all about the fun and I'm enjoying it and, you know, mistakes happen. Don't just laugh, laugh about it and move on. Hmm. So you probably won't like working with me, but if you was trying to be someone else and trying to be an outgoing person when you're not, well, you, you're probably not going to attract the right clientele, are you, for you? Hmm. I mean, speaking of which, I, I was looking at some of the work you've done um, earlier on, and, and one of your clients is somebody I followed a long time on LinkedIn. Oh, it's is it? LinkedIn trainer, Leah Turner. Oh, yeah, it's Leah. Yeah, she's fantastic. And, and she talks about that sort of stuff all the time on LinkedIn. All the time, yeah. So much personality in what she puts. How, and it how... is, you know, you're getting Leah and you're not getting someone else. It's, it's, yeah. She's genuine. She shares about her money goals. She shares about where she's going on holiday and all how why she does a charity work she shares about the ups and the downs she shares all the cringe stuff i've always, I always <laughs> like a, a weekly letter she sends out about the cringe stories of people being dming her and it is it's just about being you and <laughs> yeah. showing up yeah she posted a while back about something to do with a, a, a i think she's having work done in the house and a builder and yeah. some of the weird stuff that was going on there but the it was just fascinating it. it was fascinating to listen to and it is it's because especially when you get to like leah's level People want to know what happens behind the scenes, and it's nice for her to show that she's just a normal human being. Like yeah. anyone else, she has kitchen renovations going off. You know, she's got a son who wants to play football still and has to manage that at the same time. She's got clients. She still has mental health that you've got to look after yourself and things like that. And it is about just show up as you and show people who you are, and then you can continue the success that you're achieving, which, of yeah. course, she's achieving a lot of success. Yeah. Um, you, you touched on it a moment ago, and it's a subject that everybody's talking about right now, and that was AI and yes. GPT. Some people use AI to write their blogs. Some people use it to write their newsletters, their emails. Some people use it to write their landing pages. Yeah. What's your impression of it? If used correctly, it's really good. Um, it saved me and my team time. It's helped to help me in regards to training my staff because, like, we're so busy, um, a lot of jobs were reliant on me, so I had to start training my staff. And something I had to teach people is the switching a piece of text into a nice big long blurb. So we do as a team, we use ChatGPT still. Um, we don't use it, though, to say, write me a landing page, and we just use all that content. <laughs> mm. No, it's none of that. It's still going to sound like a person, but it's good for ideas. So like, if we were creating a landing page for someone and we're creating a section which is like, three things you're going to learn from this lead magnet, we could easily put a load of blurb in to chat GPT about what the lead magnet is and say, right, can you come out with three learning points for me? And it will come out with three learning points and we can look at these learning points. Like, or sometimes we don't even say three. Sometimes we just say, can you give us a few learning points? We've got a few to choose from. And we'll be like, right, we'll like these three. Let's reword it, make it sound actually like the client and we'll use it. So we use it more of like that kind of thing. So not for direct copy and paste kind of stuff but more of just, just helping you in the idea process to move things along quickly and doing the research that you need to do. So if you are struggling for email ideas, I could easily just jump into ChatGPT and be like, right, this is what I do as a business. If you use ChatGPT well, you'll know how to 
people call it a seed where you have like a bit of a blurb about your business that you copy and paste every time in and say, this is my business right now, write me this. So you might say, give me some ideas for an email and it'll give you some ideas and you can go off and write them emails then hmm. based on them ideas. But I wouldn't recommend it for, hi, chat GPT, can you write me an email that's going to do da 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 You know, it's not probably going to work well. I have used it for some times where I'll copy and paste my emails in and put, can you just add a bit of magical words to it? So anyone who follows IT me probably knows I'm a Harry Potter geek. I love Harry Potter. So everything has a magical theme to it, such as I always end an email with magically yours, just to make sure it's in there. Anytime <laughs> we create something, it's always got wizardry on the end, just it's how it's gone. <laughs> um, so it's like, I will trick that in chat to say, can you add a bit of magic to this? And it might reword a couple of things just to make it sound a bit more magical. And it saves me the brain space of doing it myself then. So it's good for things like that, but it's not good for them direct copy and pasting, write me a whole blog kind of thing. I don't think it really works that well for that. Mm. You, you've mentioned Harry Potter. Um, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, uh, but my daughter is, and I've been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter yeah. at Warner Brothers Studios, and I've been to uh, Hogwarts in... Universal Studios in in Orlando, and that Harry Potter ride is for me one of the best rides. I haven't been there yet. You've I'm not glad. been. Are you planning to go? I am. I am. When I become rich and famous. <laughs> oh, genuinely, as I say, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but that Harry Potter ride underneath Hogwarts really until good. until Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance launched at Hollywood Studios, that was the best ride in Orlando. I can't wait till I go. It, it, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It is. And it, I like the fact that Harry Potter's part of my business because it is something I've loved, I've grown up with. Hmm. And then I think one day it just randomly got brought in some branding. And then it's just stuck. But it's like I always encourage people, because you show up as you and you show your interest, people will recognise you better. Like a client messaged me the other day, I thought about you the other day. I saw some Harry Potter sliders in the shop. And I was like, so I've got clients thinking about me randomly while they're walking around the shop because I've seen Harry Potter. Or like, I'll have random people just, someone sent me some Harry Potter post-it notes. And she's <laughs> like, I've, I'm just, what's your address? I need to send you these. But it keeps you front of mind of people just so when anyone sees Harry Potter or knows me as a client, they're like, remember Laura, you know? And I think it's good if any business can get some something like that in there because it'll make you remember that client. No, you're 100% right. I mean, everyone knows that I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah. I've done Star there's there's videos on our website. We did one with droids from uh Star oh, Wars lovely. Lands. So we got some I do love Star Wars too. shot a video. And somebody at a networking meeting brought this in for me a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh wow. Little Mandalorian mug. Uh, for those listening, it's uh it's Grogu or Baby Yoda for the uninitiated. Uh he saw that and he thought Darren's going to want that, and he just brought it in for me. And, it, and it's and great that's people, of it. they make that association, don't they? They think, oh, you're going to love that, and they just get it for you. So you get loads of free stuff. Yeah, you do. And it's very good to put into your marketing. Just If you're ever struggling to what to call something, you just switch the theme up a little bit to be about what it is that you love and enjoy. Yeah, and just I, put it out there. I did a talk yesterday, actually, for a, a mentoring group about become the LinkedIn, uh, become the master of the LinkedIn universe. And yeah. I thought, I, I need a photograph for this because it was an online talk. And then I thought, well, what can I do? And suddenly, I, well, I've got this sat on my desk. So yeah. I just put He-Man into it because he's the master of the universe. And that's the thing. So there you, go. you just incorporate it. People know. They didn't expect it. But if you have that dry business personality, you can't do that. Got to show up as you, don't you? Yeah, Get your personality out there. 
Yeah. Now, I would like to ask uh, how much time we got. We've got time. I would like to ask some in-depth questions about Gosh, funnels yeah. and landing pages, if we can. Gosh, can uh, because. The landing page is obviously very, very important. It needs to convince somebody that what you're offering, whether it be a mini course or a lead magnet or, or free or paid, convince them that they need it, convince yeah. them that they want it and what it's going to do for them. What elements do you think are important and how would you incorporate them into a landing page to make it convert? So I'm literally, while I'm here, I'm just loading up a page on my thing because I have templates that I have that I give to people when they need to know how to lay out a landing page. So <laughs> the one thing I will say about landing pages is the look does matter. And I wouldn't think I'd be a person to say this because I am not a creative graphical person. Mm. You know, ask me to draw a stick man, it'll not even look like a stick man. This is why I have someone in my team who does our graphics. It's like, <laughs> I don't do the graphics. And it is about, you know, there's a certain, you've got to make it look nice. You know, it's got to have the padding and stuff. So there's no excuse for having a poorly a landing page when you look at it and it looks like a two-year-old's done it. No one's going to probably sign up to it. If you want the landing page to convert, it does need to look nice. Um, so follow tutorials, use templates if you have to, whatever you need to do to be able to make that landing page look better. Use a professional if you need to. Sometimes it's good just to pay someone to do a landing page. And then next time you need one, you can just duplicate it and edit the text. It's mm. a win-win then. But obviously the top bit what you see above the fold. So when you first load a page is what matters the most. Um, so they usually call it your hero section. So that's got to also tell people what uh, what is it? You know, and so many people miss this. They'll go on to talk about what the title is of it. And then what is it though? Is it an ebook? Is it a masterclass? You know, is it a course? What is it that I'm physically, what am I getting here? So you need to say like, you know, get access to your free course or get access to the masterclass today. You, you put that in there. And then the title of it, of course, it does kind of matter what is the title. But I would say don't try to find the perfect title straight away. It might take a bit of testing. You know, it doesn't mean if you choose title one that that's title one for the rest of your life. You can change that up if you find that page isn't converting. I'm going to change the title a bit then because that obviously didn't connect with my audience. So, you know, you can test around that. And then after you've got the title of what it is, it kind of needs a subheading that's going to capture their attention and just get them wanting to buy it and or not buy it, sign up for it. And then the most important bit is have a button or a form, <laughs> you know, <laughs> above the fold, they need to be able to see the call to action, not I have to scroll to find the call to action and fill the form in. So if your form is at the bottom of a page, have a button that when you click on the button, it'll scroll them down automatically to the bottom. Or if you are putting the form right at the top, then put the form at the top so it is above the fold so that they don't have to scroll to find it. Because you do capture probably around about 40% of people just from that top section. Mm -hmm. Some people just not even bother scrolling the rest of the page. They look at the top, yeah, I want that. And there you go, they're getting it, especially when it's a free thing that someone's getting. And then obviously you need... um another section, which I always say you want to try and get a mock-up image in. So by that, I mean, like, if it's an ebook, then make it look like a book so or something like that. So you can go to websites like Smart Mockups or Canva and easily create things like that. So it actually looks like it. If it's a masterclass, put it in a laptop screen or something like an iPad screen or on a mobile phone screen just so that it looks more mocked up like a real-life actual thing that it's going to be. Mm. And then at the side of it, I always think you need to get into the pain points early on. So you need to get straight into how is that person feeling? 
what's they're going through their mind right now? Is it like they're struggling to save time? They're not getting their leads for clients. Usually, there's a few things. It's always either around money, time, family and relationships kind of thing. It's always usually around about them three things that you're saving someone. It's like even if you're someone in the healthcare industry and you're helping someone improve their health, then you can talk about the health because that means something to people. Whereas telling someone, oh, I can help you create this, I can stop you feeling um, upset, it's probably not going to connect with him well. But if you say, I can help save you time, money, something a bit more valuable to him, then they're more likely to do it. So you need to think about your pain points. And then after that section, it is about what what they're getting. What's, what is it we're going to learn from you or the teaching point from it? Is it what solution is it? So you might be teaching them a three-step framework. It might be you're going to show them, number one, how to save time. Number two, how to do it. So you're kind of converting them pain points into the solution, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you want to talk about that solution. Again, everything needs to be presented in a nice, easy manner. So don't just chuck text in there. Try and use things like icon boxes. So maybe it's got like a tick icon and then some text underneath or an image and then some text underneath. Try not just to make it full-on text-based because people don't like full-on text. And then after that, you could just have a form and leave it at that. Nice and simple. I'd call that like a medium-length page. But if you did want to go in more depth, so these work especially well if it's something like a masterclass. Not really an ebook. If you're doing like an ebook, I would say you don't need it any longer than what I've just said. Whereas if it's going to be something like a masterclass, then you might want to go into something else where you might have the features and benefits or learning points next that's going to come. Then you might have some testimonials, so some social proof about what you've done or if people have accessed it before, if it's a brand new lead magnet how have previous ones helped people and things like that. And then you might have another section, which is about you, you know, meet whoever it is you are, give them a little blurb about yourself and a picture of yourself. And then again, probably have the form and I won't make it any longer than that. Mm. But additional to that, you, they don't even need loads of sections sometimes. If it's a simple free ebook, you could get away with just having one section, literally a headline, a subtitle, a little bit of blurb and then a button. It doesn't need to be any more in depth than that, really. You could just have that one section above the fold. And in terms of the form itself, um, what fields would you recommend? Because I've seen some where they they ask for you know your inside leg measurement and the oh first yeah, the deal, don't you grew up on. <laughs> Only ask for what you need. Never just ask for email because then if you're emailing people, you haven't got their first name, so you can't do personalization such as, hi, Laura, or even like in the middle of a paragraph, putting someone's first name or in the subject header. You can't do that kind of personalization. So minimum is always first name, email. And that's actually as much as I would say. First name and email. Unless you need their phone number because you want to send text reminders. So... Do you want their phone number to send text reminders or are you wanting their phone number just because you've got it? If it's just so you've got it, don't ask for it. Mm. But if you are going to use the data to actually benefit the person, so it's sending them maybe text reminders to a date of a masterclass, so like only two days to go, Laura, and then the masterclass is starting or something along them lines, then ask for it. But again, that protects you for GDPR as well So and data protection. So you're only asking for the information that you need and you don't, you don't need to know what address to live at. 
for a lead magnet unless you're giving them something for free like a t-shirt or something like that so just ask what you need but always get the first name and email hmm. that, that's interesting because almost everyone i see asks for surname you're saying you, you wouldn't necessarily ask for that no i don't need it i don't need it at this point i just need to know their first name because nowhere in my personalization of my emails do i put hi laura burnett i hmm. never put their full name or put it in the middle of a paragraph or i don't need the information because the more fields you add you're just lowering the conversion rate of that page every time you add a field to it. So just keep it to this information you need. And then you'll get the first name eventually when they become a client. Because if someone signs up for like an ebook from me, for example, I'll get their first name. But then if they go on to book a call on Calendly, I'm going to get their full name because Calendly does ask their full name. So I want to know who I need to search for on LinkedIn and things like that to be able to do some research into them. So I do ask for the full name if it's like booking a free call, for instance. And I was just thinking then, as, as you were saying that, if you just have first name and email, uh, some people will see name and put in their full name. Yeah. Do you clean that up then before you send an email out? Because otherwise it will say, hi, Laura Burnett. No, nope, I never clean it up. I never clean it up. I leave it as it is. Some email systems do actually clean them up themselves. Um, when you put it in, they'll split it if they see like a space and they'll split mm. it. Sometimes, depending on what I've set up to do it, I can I will clean it up in Zapier. So if I am doing a connection with, say, instance, Thrivecart, for instance, or anything like that, I'll always make sure it splits the first and last name up. If it's so, if it's to put the full one in, it'll split mm -hmm. it up. But otherwise, I don't know. It's their fault for doing it, and I don't <laughs> have the time to think about that for people. So if they want to be called their full name, they can. Some people, you know, might put their company name. I've had that. They put the company name. And I think it's stuff like that where some people can really get bogged down with trying to make it perfect. And it's like, it's not your fault if they've put that piece of information in wrong or if they've spelt their name wrong. Mm. You know, it's just common sense that if someone gets an email and it's got the wrong name, they probably know they've put the wrong name in. You've not done that. Yeah. And what about when they put the name in then and, and they click submit? What do you have, or do you use, uh, I love the term tripwire, do you use the the tripwire pages or the one-time offer pages, or do you go straight to a confirmation page? It depends. depends on what I'm doing. So sometimes I do, um, sometimes I don't. So all depends on the actual funnel itself. So we're just setting up a simple lead magnet. It more than likely will go to a thank you page, and that thank you page will have the upsell on it. I'd always recommend whatever that next step is, just put it on the thank you page at least. Even if it's book a call, buying a product, whatever that is, put that on there. But if I am doing, I am a believer that you can have lead magnets that are paid. You know, they don't have to be free. You know, a low paid offer is a lead magnet just in itself. And they would probably link automatically straight up to like an upsell page to buy something a bit more higher expense. So I do use them especially all the time, pretty much when it's something that they're buying. Uh, but when it's a freebie, it just depends on what that freebie kind of is. Okay. And the, the million-dollar question, let's say you've got your, your lead magnet, you know it converts, your landing page, you like it, it works really well. How are you driving people to it? That's the hard bit, isn't it? So, and <laughs> it that's is the, the hard one. bit. That, that's why I asked it. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard one, and it's the one what people struggle on the most, and it's probably because you've got – You've got a few ways around it. So you've got your way where you could do like a limited time launch. So like my Trello social media course that I have, it is actually a paid course on my website for 27 quid. Whereas now and again throughout the year, 
I'll just say, right, for one week only, it's free. So you could do stuff. That's a really good way of growing your list because it's limited and it's got a bit of scarcity around it. Mm. People are more likely to do it. So adding some sort of scarcity element to it always helps. So especially if you're doing like a masterclass, they tend to be easier to get more signups to because it's got scarcity. Because you're saying like, look, the masterclass is on 10th of August or whatever it is. So you must sign up now. Otherwise, you're going to miss it. Or you're not going to get the replay if you don't sign up now. So having some scarcity involved in it always helps with marketing. But if it's something that's kind of evergreen and it runs all the time, you kind of got two choices. You can do like the organic social media method, which is you literally just have to keep printing it out every week. You know, just got to keep printing it out every week. You've got to think about the spots where you could put it to get extra attention, such as like if you're on LinkedIn, can you put it in your bio link so you can have a link at the top of your headline? Can you put it in there to get it? Can you make it so that on your website, as well as your landing page, you've also, as you're scrolling through your homepage, you might have a form there as well so people can access it. And think about like obviously your profiles on Facebook, things like that. Where can you put this link extra? Do stuff like that around it. Then obviously you've got your paid ads where always works well, but obviously it requires a bit of an investment, but you've got to pay for the ads. So if you want it to be faster, paid ads being your way to go. So you could easily get £1 to £1.50 per email, usually on average on Facebook ads. So if you know that you want to grow your list to 500, you could know if you probably spend between 500 and 750 on Facebook ads, you can probably expect to get a list of 500 people. Mm. But I find with Facebook ads, you tend to have good quantity, but not good quality. So you do tend to have a lot of people in there. So you might have a list that has a lower open rate to us, where if you'd grown it organically, if that makes sense. Yeah. Obviously do stuff like I did with the collaboration, which we discussed at the beginning, have a look out for stuff like that. So like I'm in a, I found that one because I'm in a membership of someone's where she puts up where if anybody's doing it, you'll probably know a Jillian. Yes, yes, Jillian, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I found that collaboration through her group. So she put it up and said this person's looking for business owners to collaborate with. And I found that through that. So like joining a group like Jillian's where they actually actively look out every day for collaborations and things like that, then that means you can obviously put your name forward, put together a lead magnet that you can do for that collaboration and you'll see really good growth on your email list that way as well. Um, and then obviously doing your normal stuff like articles and YouTube, the long-term content, such as your podcast, you know, in your show notes, you could put in your show notes where to go get access to resource. For me, I use YouTube as my long-term content. So on YouTube, I've got loads of free videos. And then in my descriptions or on the video, it'll be like, you know, go to this URL to find out more and book something else with me and things like that. Or if you're doing blog writing, of course, you'd put it inside the blog access this free resource and things like that so it's just about finding all the different ways but there is no the only easy way is facebook ads or you know any kind of paid ad that's the easiest route to it but you do end up with quantity over quality on that one it does cost you money and not everyone's in a position to do that especially as a small business owner so we've never ran facebook ads to our list for this business um i have to, in my other business so i have a membership business and we did use facebook ads to get our list grown we grew it to several thousand through that way just because i didn't have the time to market organically because i had to market it moon as well so i didn't have time so it all depends on your circumstances really but it is about consistency got to be consistent and so many people will put out a lead magnet and then a couple of weeks later they're like i only had 10 signups mm. 
And it's like, well, you've still been talking about it every single week, you know. Like you see in P- LinkedIn especially now, you see people at the bottom of a post, they'll put, check out my bio to get your free da 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 And they'll like put the lead magnet into the description now and things like that. So it's just about being snazzy a little bit and thinking, where else can I put this in front of my eyes? And if it's insane value, people are going to sign up. It's got to be something that's going to convert and make people sign up. Yeah, something re- people really, really want. An absolute yeah. no-brainer in, in something they, they have. It's got to be a no-brainer. Yeah. It's interesting you said you, you've never run Facebook ads for your your own lead magnets. I mean, that's normally yeah. people's go-to strategy. It is, yeah. So for IT Moon, we want, we've always gone the organic method. It's never been something we wanted to do ads for. Uh, we just wanted to grow organically to show it can be done, really. Mm. And that's all we've ever done. So I've had lead magnets that are masterclasses. Um, obviously, we've got an email list in the thousands. We, it's, ours, I definitely go for quantity over quality. I always say I'd rather have a 1,000 subscribers that are engaged, they open my emails and stuff, than have 10,000 people who don't open my emails and things like that. You know, I've seen people with lists of 100,000 and they only have a 2% open rate on emails. It's about the quality of it. So, like, I know if I send an email out, 60% of people are going to open it, which wow, I'm happy high. about. That's hard. I do. I have a nice high one. I have to because I teach it. So, I have to have, <laughs> I have to prove I can do it. <laughs> you do. I suppose you do. Yeah. You do. Course... And that's why a lot of people come to me, to be fair, because I practice what I preach. Yeah. So, anytime someone signs up to like a free new client meeting call with us, they'll be straight in my welcome sequence. And they'll always say, like, I want to go with you just because you're practicing what you preach. Mm. Like, you're doing what you're telling people to do. And I will only ever do that. Mm. But again, on the light side, because I know paid ads work in my other business, the Fry Business Academy, we did use Facebook ads for that and only Facebook ads. We did no organic marketing. It was just Facebook ads to show you can do either way. Both ways work. It just depends on what your ability is in regards to how much money you have to spend and throw at it. And also, like, you know, the size of your audience currently, if you've got a good social media following, you don't need to use paid ads. Whereas if you have got a small following and you've got no budget, you've got to expect that it's going to be a slow burner. It's just going to gradually, you know, get up there. But 100% everyone needs one because, like, I was talking to someone the other day and they don't have an email list. And I said, so if you put a post out today, that post, maybe 2% of people will follow you or see it. And you have zero control over that. You know, it could be more, could be lower. No one knows. Algorithm does what it does. Whereas if you put that post into an email, you could guarantee 50% of people on your email list are going to see it. And you can guarantee that because of how your email list is operating. So I know if I send an email out today, 60% of people will see what I've put in that email. Mm. So it is about everyone needs that email list just to build that deeper connection because it does make a huge difference. I love that. There's so many business owners I speak to, not clients of ours, thankfully, but so many business owners I speak to who say, oh, I don't need an email list. I've got 10,000 followers on, on yeah. Facebook or 10,000 on YouTube, whatever it is, and they don't realize that you don't own them. What no, happens when, when Facebook cuts you off? That's exactly. It. It's gone. I think I made a post today, actually, on LinkedIn. I was saying how you know we've had a record month when it comes to leads, but them leads haven't come from one place. Like we've had leads from LinkedIn, we've had leads from email marketing, we've had leads from YouTube, we've had leads from referral marketing. We've had leads from us just being listed as a male light expert, so we get leads from that. So they've all come from different areas. So if one of them cut off, I'd still get leads coming through. 
because they're coming from different areas. If I just focused on one and just LinkedIn, I'm never going to grow. So I'm always someone who says, every business owner needs some short, short form promotion. So that's like your social media platforms. So everyone needs one social media platform. Pick one, concentrate on one. You don't need them all. Pick one. And then everyone needs email marketing, no matter the size. Even if you've got a list of 50 people, you can still make it worthwhile. And everybody needs something long form, like a podcast or a blog, YouTube videos, something that's a bit long form content. And if you can get them three things running for your business, you've got leads coming in. It's easy. It's easy. It's As easy. Say, that's it. That, that, that's it right there. You've just summed it up. But, but a lot of people miss the long form content and the email mm. marketing. Everybody just goes social media, social media, social media. Yeah. And it's no, you've got to guide people off social media into something else. So for me, it's guiding them into my YouTube channel or it's guiding them into actually getting a lead magnet and getting on my email list. Mm. So it's like you've got to guide them somewhere from social media because if as soon as you put a link in your social media post, you, it limits it, doesn't it, massively. You barely get any reach on it. And, so uh, you're never going to make a load of it. As, as we're, we're almost running out of time, but I feel like I talked to you for hours. Is what's the best way you think of of getting people from social media into an email list? It hundred percent is just a lead magnet. That's insane value, totally insane value lead magnet. Something that's no brainer. Think about if you're struggling to think of an insane value, then just think of what's your next product you're going to sell for twenty seven quid, mm. and then make it free. As much as it'll kill you. Just make it free and you'll love it then. And you can just do it in limited time for free. So just say for two weeks only, this lead magnet is free. Could be like a playbook, hidden secrets. What knowledge would you get, charge someone for and give that away free? And that's how you'll get the best upkeep on that. Mm. I love that. That's brilliant. Um, we, are, we are pretty much out of time now. But if somebody okay. wanted to, to get in touch with you to, to talk to you about lead magnets, to talk to you about email marketing, or even just to talk about Hazza Potter, yes. what's, the, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Two places, really. So over on LinkedIn, just search Laura Burnett. Hopefully I'll come at like near the top, I hope. Um, and obviously go to itmoon.co.uk and have a look around and you'll be able to book a free chat in with me if you're interested in working with us. Or you'll see all my YouTube links and stuff like that over there as well. Okay, thank you very much. I will put all of those links below the description for the YouTube video and for the podcast that anyone's listening to right now, whatever platform you're on, those links will be below in the podcast description so you can get in touch with Laura that way. Thank you very it's much, It's been a Laura. pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I, I, I loved it. Thank you. <laughs>